2: Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm Alyssa Gadeski here with Haley Chura. Haley is revving up quite literally for her first race of 2024, which we found out ago about um, checking my notes like a week ago or so. So um, Haley, how is prep going for the PTO race in Miami T100?
0: This is what we're calling it. T100 Miami. Vroom, vroom. Yes, Alyssa. T100 Miami. This is the first stop of the brand new professional triathletes organization world tour. And, I don't think I was actually supposed to announce that last week. Now that I'm like, no announcements have come out. I think there was a post that I saw like over the weekend that said, you know, well, who do you think the wild cards are going to be? And I was like, oops. <laughs> but again, it's been kind of Only fun a because... couple thousand of our best friends
2: know early. That's yeah, okay. well that's, that's like a okay. perk of being an Iron Women listener as far as I'm concerned.
0: This has been an interesting experiment because I, I told a couple people like, you know, in like actual conversation, like my mom and stuff like that. And my coach, but, um, I hadn't actually like told a lot of people because it was such a whirlwind. And so I can tell who listens to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, Oh, certain people. I'm like, I like you a little bit more. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> when they tell me congrats on Miami, you get some brownie points for some of my athletes. I'm like, Oh, I'll give you a little extra in your workout. A little like, no, I'm just kidding. I would, I'm still coaching 30 seconds, extra rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like a, a little extra minute or like an like extra gold star for that workout. But it, that has been an interesting experiment because it isn't really elsewhere on the internet. It's only, only here. Iron women exclusive.
2: And so I know last week we kind of talked about like the heat, you were thinking about cramming in some heat prep. What did you end up doing? Have you been hitting sauna, hot tub, anything, or are we going in quite literally as a cold turkey and seeing what happens?
0: I've been hitting the sauna, no cold turkey. I had just enough time to squeeze in a sauna protocol. And this sauna protocol I got from Stacey Sims, who has been a podcast guest, Dr. Stacey Sims, years ago. And I used it in 2014 for the first time when I was prepping for Ironman Fortaleza. And I was, it was November. I was living in Atlanta and I... One. I remember that was really hot and I handled it really well. And so I was like, okay, it works. (laughs) And but it is something that like drains me a lot. Like I do find I I was talking to one of my athletes about this, about like my rationale behind this, because I'm not someone who likes to uh compromise my workouts. So I'm not someone who's gonna like put a bunch of sweatshirts on and go for a run or um, it's also very cold outside. I don't have to wear like an excessive amount of my shirts, but I use a fan still at the treadmill. I use a fan when I'm on the bike because I want my workouts to be like as good as possible. Like I actually want to really perform in my workouts. And so I find that the sauna protocol is better. So I do it after my last, last workout of the day. Um, when I'm dehydrated, like you're already dehydrated going into the sauna, you sit in the sauna, like I sip on water, but don't chug it. And then slowly rehydrate for like three or four hours after the sauna. And so it's very uncomfortable. And I, like yesterday I actually did a treadmill run, did some strength and went right to the sauna. So it was like, everything was at the gym and I was like dying. It was, it's not fun. Like it's not my favorite thing. I feel like my skin looks extra good though. So that's like one thing. I <laughs> well, do feel like the sauna is good for your skin. Like I understand why there's so many people in there. Like there's no, I mean, benefits.
2: I think there's a lot of benefits. I mean, I, I actually was reading some studies this weekend about like the, you know, decreased risk of like, um, dementia. And then like, oh. even like they were finding, I forget if they said it was like cancer or certain types of cancer, but like they were, it was like this pretty good list of things that had me thinking. I was like, should maybe I should just be doing it just for like, you know, as normal, because I guess normal people go right. Whenever I've gone in there, it's to so snack, busy. normal people are in there. Right. So I'm like, so maybe busy. these people are onto something and I need to start going. So, um, I, and I good. it's probably if you more pleasant for- if I'm not like working out a lot ahead of time. Right. So if you
0: don't, if you don't do the like (laughs) functional dehydration part, it feels good, especially this time of year. I think, you know, it's your, if you're just in there for a few minutes, it's warm, it's nice. I try to stay in for 20 to 30 minutes. I do try to not be competitive about it. And this was like, these were the guidelines set by Stacy, because the goal isn't necessarily, it's not even like heat acclimatization necessarily. It's like, you're trying to like, I think increase your sweat rates. So you start sweating earlier. So you have a more evaporative cooling. And then you're also trying to increase your blood plasma volume, which I will say like, I live at altitude and that is a very fine line between like good and bad. Like, I feel like that's another thing when you're at altitude, like I am now um, you have to like, Be a little bit more careful because there's your body's already under a lot of stress, and then you're adding more stress. And so this is something that I like would not encourage people to just like go and do. Like talk to your coach about it, think about it, weigh the the pros and cons. And that's also something like I talked about a year ago. I weighed the pros and cons, and it was like sauna time was a con. Like it just didn't it. I didn't have the time of my day. I didn't have the fitness level. I didn't feel like it was worth it. I went to Miami. I was hot, but I finished the race. It was fine. You know, it worked out fine. I did do it for Kona because it was a different time of year, different place in my training. And, and also this year, I feel like I'm in a different place in my training. I have different goals and I feel like I can, the pros kind of outweigh the cons, but it's not like a, you know, it is something you have to, to think about. I wouldn't say just like, go jump in there. But Alyssa, it's like I said, I I go to a gym that has a co-ed sauna. And so it's the conversations that are in there, especially because when sometimes when it's my last work on the day, I'm in there like a little bit later in the day. And it's a lot of young people like that's who goes oh. to the gym, I think later in the day and their conversations are fascinating. Um, you know, would you, can I share a few? Sure. Yeah.
2: Let's, let's do it.
0: <laughs> So I think this was one of, one of the other day. There was two women, young women talking, and I think they were, they were talking about like psilocybin usage, like mushrooms. And one oh. of them actually said that she thinks that like, it is the key to her financial stability. It helps like get through the block, mental block. And then she's able to like make more money. And I was like, wait a second, what? All <laughs> so right. that, okay. was, that was a good one. Um, I, yesterday uh, there were a couple men who I think were like military and they were talking about like silent retreats. Like going on like yeah. a silent retreat, which I thought this was really fascinating, and that then is really interesting. and there's then devolved into drugs too. So think, yeah, <laughs> and I think like ayahuasca, and because then one of the guys is like, "Don't you get drug tested?" And they're like, "They're not testing for ayahuasca, psilocybin." Oh. <laughs> so, so I'm like these are the new things that young people are into, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I know I'm like all these like meditation retreats, like really like self-actualization, but I'm like, I just, that's like, isn't that what we're doing? I guess that's like the type of people who sit in the sauna. Like they're really into those things.
2: Yeah. I think so. I was just thinking, as you said, it was like a co-ed sauna all the saunas I think I've ever had access to are also co-ed and I must have like a face where everyone just wants to talk to me or something. So that's like the problem I run into. Like, usually I just want to sit and suffer in silence. And then people just want to like talk to me about something. And it's like time when I would like to just be not talking to someone. But um, a couple of weeks ago, I was visiting a friend in Boston, Haley, and we went to do a morning workout and we went to a women's only gym, which is like probably okay. a fairly common thing the in the city. You know, curves <laughs> it was a big thing. for So a while. I thought about curves, too. I thought we were going to curves, but then it was like. I think it was called HealthWorks, which like they, they definitely, if I was on the marketing team, like they should up their name game, like make it sound more fun. Right. Like it sounded like I was going to like a physical therapy studio that was going to have like, you know, some ladies on ellipticals or something. Right. Like make it sound, it was like a legit gym and it had a super, like the like strength area was very impressive. It was not like, you know, HealthWorks made it sound like, I don't know. I, I felt like I was going to go into like a pink it or shrink it type of environment, but it was not that very impressed loved the atmosphere and i thought it was was really fun to just like hear the classes with only women and like see only women on the machines and in the you know it's definitely not as intimidating as cuz i do get intimidated in like um gym environments not around the cardio <laughs> in my own in the cardio but like in the like weightlifting area around the like bars and the things like that like i still am figuring out my way around that so I, I don't love to like be in a intimidating environment and I find found it with the women there. It was like, it was very nice. Um, but That's I think they had saunas there and that made me wish that shoot. We like missed the the boat to, um, go into the women's only sauna. And I bet it's like fun. I bet it would be, I bet okay. I would enjoy that way more.
0: I used to go to the sauna at Montana state before the roof collapsed in their gym, like five years ago. And they had co-ed saunas or not, not co-ed single gender saunas. And so it was like, but they were like back to back and I would be in the women's sauna and like everyone in there is like silent. Like everyone is just like doing their thing. And then you could hear the men on the other side and so much chatting, like so much chatting. And I was like, thank God I'm not over there. But then I said, switch gyms. And then this gym like actually renovated and did like co-ed locker rooms and co-ed sauna and people were like up in arms about this and it has been totally fine like it's yeah. totally fine I mean the sauna is a lot bigger now and actually it works better than the sauna that was there before so mm. I'm thankful for that because that's what I want most of all is like function but I bring a magazine in because I'm like so sweaty you can't bring your phone it's like it gets too hot hopefully and like I'm just like sweat on the magazine and it ruins it but then no one talks to me so yeah <laughs> um I will say though my gym I think it's like 90% men and Mm. so it's just like it is one of those things where it's it's a lot of men but I think because I went to the University of Georgia and like when we were lifting the swim team like our lifting time would be at the same time as like a lot of the like field athletes so like shot putters and um discus throwers who are like Lifting insane amounts. Like they're insane. doing real lifting. Like real lifting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was insane how strong these people were. And so it, it's hard to intimidate me. Like I'm mostly sometimes I look around and I'm like, oh my gosh, those guys are so not strong. <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> but my, you know, my my scale is off a little.
2: Well, I'm excited to see the see you reap the benefits of this heat training. I'm excited to see if in 20 years we find that you have a decreased risk of dementia as well from, from heat I mean, training that, that you've doing mean, That to time. would be so, worth it. So, yeah. I mean <laughs> that
0: might be not? worth my my suffering right now if I find yeah. this out. Um I know I like these stats you found.
2: Yeah, we'll be sponsored by like St. John's Wort or something, something, some kind of memory supplement by then. Um But yeah, Haley, I think that that will be exciting and that leads us into, I mean, race week is going to be next week and Haley, you will be traveling to Miami, getting yourself ready to go. I will be doing a collab episode mashup. I haven't decided what, if I'm calling it a collab or a mashup yet with the women at If We Were Riding and so we will be TPD on the um. Output of the mashup collab episode, but probably Friday is our guest. So if you are our regular, faithful Iron Women listeners who wake up on Thursday mornings, um, just know that next week maybe move that run that you run with Iron Women to Friday and run with the Iron Women if we were riding episode where I will be chatting with those ladies and we will be previewing the race in Miami a little bit and I'm sure talking about some other fun stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Our podcast editor, Lydia, is also racing in Miami next week. I think, I think as part of there's like a Continental Cup um race. So Olympic distance athletes that are going for those uh, Olympic qualification points are racing. I think Katie Zafiris, I saw, was was like maybe on that start line and list. And so that'll be really fun. And I think we talked about like, Paratry also might have a race then. And I'm really hoping I get to see some of these races in person on the speedway in Miami. Um, I need to f- get, I'm still figuring out our, our whole schedule there. So if you are confused, so am I, but hopefully that yeah, tune in next week, Alyssa. And the if we were riding crew should have all the broadcast details for you so that you can watch me race and, and maybe a few other feisty adjacent athletes as well.
2: Yes. And
0: Gailey, is that, is that all our news for this week? Am I missing anything? Should we talk about who I talked to this week? Um, I mean, I think so. I think there's just been a lot of running races happening. I feel like that's what my Mm. athletes have been doing and I've been excited about that, but, uh, I don't think there was much in triathlon world this past week. I mean, we have Ironman New Zealand coming up this weekend, which is going to be fun to watch. And then, and then things do, things are going to get rolling here really, really quick. So, people can enjoy the the lack of news other than my sauna conversations. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I will say I was spectating. I had a couple of athletes racing uh, the snowshoe race that's on Mount Washington this past weekend. And I have to give a shout out to um, not my athlete, but uh, Iron Women listener, Angie, who was there. And she said, so like of all places, it was fun to go to kind of a random winter event in the Northeast and find someone listening to the Iron Women podcast. She's also a triathlete, so it makes sense. But um But yeah, I think it's we are are far away. You're probably far away from feeling like it's triathlon season too, like in your daily daily environment. But um, I'm sure once you get back from Miami, you're going to be pumped up and ready to bring that warm weather up to
0: Montana. I know. Hopefully I come back with a decent tan. No burn. I got to I got to make sure I (laughs) pack that sunscreen because my poor skin has not seen the light of day. But um, but I am excited about this week's interview. Who are you chatting with? So Haley, this week I
2: talked to Jessica Tyrannick. She is the owner and creator of Ottawa's Elevate Spin Studio. She was the amateur winner of last year's Western Massachusetts 70.3 and is going into her first, her, well, of course it's her first year, it's her rookie pro year. So she's going into her rookie pro season this year. And she tells us about how triathlon wasn't always something she had her eye on but her entry into endurance sports comes from a pivotal life moment and that continues to drive her. Uh, She's racing as a part of the LP endurance squad. So we hear a little bit about that and what she has coming up for the season, how she's approaching it. And it was a super fun talk. It had me all excited. I love, I love the rookie pro vibe. So everyone get excited to hear from Jessica afterward from our sponsors.
0: Alyssa, Amino Co. has been a longtime podcast sponsor, and every time I'm listening to the show and I hear our Amino Co. ad, I'm always shocked to hear how Amino Co. co-founder, Dr. Robert Wolf has run a marathon in under two hours and 30 minutes, 62 times. I just can't believe that's a real stat.
2: Me either. It is very impressive, and it gives me a lot of confidence Dr. Wolf knows what he's talking about when it comes to performance and recovery. I actually took AminoCo Heal before and after my recent knee surgery.
0: I've been using Heal a lot after really big workouts as I've started to ramp up my training. And I also use my personal favorite AminoCo Perform before and during my hardest sessions. Do you have a favorite flavor? For Perform, I definitely go with the strawberry lemonade. It has a really light flavor and a little bit of caffeine that I think helps keep me focused during my really tough intervals. And for heel, I like vanilla. I just feel like vanilla gets me into recovery mode. What about you? The vanilla heel is my favorite too. I find it
2: mixes really well into my post-workout shakes that I make.
0: Wait, what do you put in your shakes?
2: Well, oftentimes just whatever I have in the fridge, sometimes vegetables, sometimes collagen, you know, whatever I have. Summer shakes are way more interesting because it's like, I make them cold. The winter shakes are a little less fancy.
0: Do you ever add snow to your winter shakes? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm going to start doing that now. I don't know. Make sure it's clean snow. I am not quite as fancy. I just add water. It, I think it still works pretty well. But uh, well, however you like your Amino Co, you can rest assured that in clinical trials, muscle protein synthesis from exercise more than doubled by athletes using Perform and Heal was shown to trigger muscle growth and repair better than other high quality protein sources.
2: Head to amino.co.com/ironwomen to see very large photos of me and Haley using AminoCo products. Then select your favorite products and use
0: code IronWomen for thirty percent off at checkout. First-time purchases also come with a free gift. That's amino.co.com/ironwomen forward and code IronWomen for thirty percent off. Happy New Year, Iron
2: Women podcast listeners! For those of you new to the show, we want to tell you about Pillar. Pillar is a sports micronutrition company who have developed products that intersect between pharmaceutical intervention and sports supplements for athletes. The easiest way to describe it is hydration and carbohydrates products that will take you through to the finish line. Pillar's mission is to get athletes to the start line in the best condition over and over again.
0: After seeing athletes like 2022 Ironman world champion Chelsea Sidero and 2016 Olympic gold medalist Gwen Jorgensen post about using Pillar to improve their sleep performance, I decided to give Pillar triple magnesium a try. I take it about 60 minutes before bed and I do actually feel like I sleep deeper and recover better. In the same way I love to start my day with a coffee, I now wind it down with a cup of Pillar triple magnesium and recover better for tomorrow's training. If you would like to make Pillar part of your 2024 New Year routine and you're in the U.S., head to
2: thefeed.com slash Pillar and enter code FEISTY for 15% off of your first purchase. For our international listeners, head to pillarperformance.shop and that's code FEISTY for 15% off of all first-time purchases. Hi, Jess. Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So I believe right now you can correct me if I'm wrong that you are in Ottawa, Canada. Um, and so that is northern northern part of the northern hemisphere, right? <laughs> We're getting up there. Um, so what has been your approach to off season this year? Is it looking any different this year from last year? Seeing as you're going into a rookie pro season, how are you approaching things?
1: Completely different. So I didn't know last year at this time that I would be a pro. So everything has kind of shifted for me. Um, we are, I have my coach Caleb with LP Endurance. We're working hard on building. We're on this like strength block. So a lot of swimming, a lot of strength work, even on the bike, um, just to get into a different kind of mimicking different types of uh, like you know, different, the different types that it will, the demand will be, especially for swimming. And that's my weakest. So it's been really fun. And it's actually my favorite block that I've ever done. So it's really interesting to see where I was last year to where I am this year. It's really fun. It's so fun for me.
2: And for you, what does that mean with swimming? Is that like, how are you upping the ante for that?
1: So I never, I didn't grow up swimming. I am, I would say about even two years ago, I was terrible and terrified of it swimming like i didn't like to get wet <laughs> like i was like not a swimmer so it's been a, a challenge but it's been a lot of fun so i've just started to go like as of let's say january i even last month to go 5 days a week swimming mm-hmm. it's been a lot of pull and paddle work for me and i've just like I, it's like part of my routine now. I can't imagine not swimming almost every day. It's, it's so awesome. you do
2: like it. So it's, it's starting yeah. to win you over.
1: Yeah. Because I see, I see improvement and it's so <laughs> cool because I just really believe that I wasn't good at it and there's so much technique to it. And I think that's why I like it is you go in to it. I think you're a swimmer right? Uh,
2: I mean, I've made myself similar story, probably. I've made myself a swimmer, but Haley is like a super swimmer. So she always laughs at me when I talk about this kind of thing of like, how do you just like the water? Right.
1: <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like you see people go out there and be like, how do you do that? Like, I- it's so amazing. And you try to see how they do it and they just look so effortless. And I go in and I'm probably flailing everywhere, but anyways, it's been, um, it's it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And so I, I like, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's great. Not good for my hair, but it's really good. <laughs> <I know.
2: laughs> yeah, that's I feel
1: like post-triathlon years, I'll get my
2: hair back in some sort of standard of hair here. Um, So I do want to back up and talk to you a little bit about, you mentioned you didn't grow up a swimmer. So, you know, I actually don't think you have like a background thick with athletic history as a kid, like at all. Um, And again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think some of that is related to a scoliosis diagnosis that you had when you were 10 years old. So Can you talk about that and how that might've like framed your early mindset of seeing yourself as an athlete?
1: Yeah. So uh, again, I didn't grow up swimming, let alone doing anything athletic, but, uh, so I, what the story is long story short is as a child, I actually was in track and field and I was pretty good at it. This is, you know, elementary, younger days. And then one day my mom noticed something very strange in my back. And when I bent over, and she's like, Oh, my God, we have to go to the doctor, went to the doctor found that I had scoliosis. And so I had to wear a back brace for two years. And then the curvature was just not improving. So we decided on getting back surgery, which is I have two metal um, Harrington bronze in my spine. And with that came a lot of had to learn again, right? So a back surgery was quite intense. So I had to learn how to walk again, sitting was a problem. And I didn't so I basically stopped all activity until I was probably 19 20 years old. I enjoyed being athletic at a young age. But because of scoliosis, it got taken away from me and especially the surgery and starting off fresh. So I had to learn how to walk again, sit, everything was painful for me. Um I, you know, it was hard for me as a kid because I didn't really have an identity yet, but I love sports, but I couldn't do them. I didn't know what to to do, essentially. It was, I don't know. I think growing up, people or as a child, you try to do, you know, you know, you get into art or singing or anything. And I just really had nothing because I think in my soul I wanted to be an athlete, but I didn't know how to be because I couldn't be one because my doctors told me you'll never be able to do any of those activities ever again. So my brain went straight there and I believed it for years until now when I'm 37. So it was an interesting journey of just kind of living in this limiting belief for many, 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 many years. And then fast forward, I don't know if you want me to jump right into that, but at about 20 years old, my twin sister got diagnosed with skin cancer and she had brain tumor and spread everywhere. And it was malignant, um, melanoma, um, and was stage four. So I, you know, it's a hard story to talk about because, Mm -hmm. you know, she's somebody that I admired so much and my twin and you, you see your life in different, you know, kind of the same, but different. And I remember sitting in the hospital room with her and Googling, how do you save your sister? Who's dying from cancer. And at the time I'm from BC, British Columbia and Canada, and they had a ride to conquer cancer called the Ride to conquer cancer. And it was a bike ride fundraiser over two days um, that, you know, you had to fundraise and bike for two days across to Seattle, Washington. It was super fun actually, but I didn't even own a bike. I didn't, I wasn't active. Remember I had back surgery. I wasn't um, somebody that, thought I could do it. But I remember at that time being like, if my sister is sick and dying with cancer, I can put myself through this for two days. The community came together. I got a bike. I wore Lululemon, like flared cropped pants. I had, those were not the
2: best choice for biking that long.
1: (laughs) Terrible. Like I don't even know. It's so funny when you look back at the photos, you're like, what was I thinking? Like, how did people let me start this ride? Anyways. And so I even had like a picnic basket on my road bike or hybrid bike at the head at the time. And I had like extra socks in there. I I don't even know what, like, again, I had no idea what I was doing. And then I completed the ride and it was, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a feeling that I've never like that you get over, I think time of when you succeed at something. And it was a feeling of like, wow, I just did that. And it was pouring rain. It's the West coast. It was just miserable weather. But I remember feeling so um, fulfilled in that moment. It was such a cool feeling. And then three days later, I went to go back to go see my sister in hospital. And she unfortunately passed away the day before, about three days after the ride to conquer cancer, which completely shifted my entire life at that time. And that's when I was like, okay, well, you know we can take this circumstance and we can live with grief and be sad and, you know, which is, it is a terrible thing, but I decided to live for her and I've been doing that ever since.
2: And I'm sure, I mean, there's no doubt that she would just be so, so proud of how you've taken the sport, like clearly literally by the horns and what you've done in the time since then, you're now 37 years old. You did your first 70.3 in 2015, I think. And now you're looking to make your pro debut at Ironman Chattanooga 70.3 this year. So when did the dream of racing as a pro begin? Because it sounds like maybe even a year ago, you weren't really like gunning for that aspect of the sport. So how did this come yeah.
1: about? So. It's so crazy. It's such a life is so wild. And I know that you know, I know everyone like you have a wonderful podcast where you interview so many people and even your story and Ailey's and everybody's that you have talked to, like everyone has a cool story. And I, I love how life can just hand you some crazy things. And you never even thought you would go there. When I had a back surgery, and then lost my twin sister like those were two huge pivotal points in my life and i didn't grow up with money my mom couldn't put me in sports before that either like so it's kind of just been this like oh i i can't do that but i see people doing things and i just i just loved it and i don't and it had to do with sports like i'm like one day maybe i'll be in the olympics <laughs> or something even though that's, that's a huge dream but it's um it's it's so fun i i remember watching even the olympics or sports um you know any race, I I just would sit on the sidelines and go watch the Ironman in Penticton and just be so amazed at these people. I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I think that's so freaking cool. And so when I started biking for the ride to conquer cancer, I did that for 10 years. It just, something just kept like eating at me. And I, I remember doing my very first, again, like you just, I just started to like dabble into little things, and without training, I remember doing my first half marathon and crossing the finish line. I was wearing like bright pink pants. Again, I don't. I was just Let's <laughs> on. like, I didn't even know how to fuel. It's like, funny, I think we all remember like the <laughs> outfits of some of those early races, and like are mortified
2: by what it was. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I only knew, and so I, I finished. I think my first half marathon in an hour and 42 minutes, and I was like oh, I think it's good. Like I just had, I didn't know, like you just, and so I just kept dabbling and, and I like to think of it. I don't know if you know, Brene Brown, she talks a lot about being in the arena and how I live my life as I try to take an inch always into the arena, deal with it. And then I'm like, okay, what more can I have? And then I just keep going in and I just, I get fueled by the experiences it gives me. And I'm not really afraid to go after it. However, however, I'm still terrified. I don't know if that even makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. it's terrifying to do anything new. Like I now own a business. I've, I've had some failed and then I keep going because I'm like, okay, this is fun too. So with the becoming pro again, wasn't even never thought I would be announcing it this year, let alone ever in my entire life. But I hired a coach two years ago with LP endurance and I even had, I tore my patella tendon and then I also broke my patella and foot in last year. And I had to come back from that. And I just, that's why, like it never even crossed my mind that I would be where I am right now, but we kept going and going and the training and fueling, just understanding everything more. And as I'm getting older, you just understand more. Like there's you know uh fuel fuel is a huge thing that i didn't know about and uh rest i thought living 100% all the time was the way you should do it but rest is very important and the little things just started to add up and just make more like just made i felt better and i crossed the finish line in in massachusetts in june and i won and i was just like sorry what just happened and it was just such a cool feeling cuz i just i I remember thinking how cool it would be to, to grab the banner and win, but I didn't actually think it would happen. And then I just had some uh, amazing races this year. And we just were like, do you, they kept putting the bug in my ear. Like, do you want to apply to be a pro? I'm like, no, I'm like, there's no way they're, they're so good. I can't swim. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's just see, let's just see what happens. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I think it's going to be such a cool, exciting thing to put yourself through and you get to brace against the best and you get to, you know, they're also doing training and, and trying to be better. So you know that you're up against some really cool people and that's what I'm excited about.
2: Yeah. yeah, No, I love that mentality. I think that's a really important perspective to hear um, for people because I do, I think so many times a lot of people get kind of paralyzed with the fear of it, right? And then, but realizing, you know, what's the worst that can happen? put myself against the best step into the arena, right. is such a great perspective to have. And I believe I would bet that it, it probably helps to have a little group around you as you're doing this. And so you've mentioned you're part of the LP endurance pro squad, which I think consists of you, uh, Jessica Cullen, who's been an iron woman guest last year. And then Allison Jacob, also a rookie pro, I believe. So, yeah. you know, How did it, was it just kind of working out that you, everyone was kind of having breakout seasons as amateurs last year. And then, you know, kind of all working together to be like, all right, this could be fun to like, all, all do it together. You know, is there a squad mentality in it? Or um, like, do you, do you see each other or train together, have those opportunities at all?
1: Yeah. So I, they live in Waterloo, which is a few hours away from where I live. So I don't train with them. Unfortunately, I would love to, I train solo all the time in my basement watching, well, cause it's cold out right now watching like Grey's Anatomy, but it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's nice to have their support. Um, you know, we have our, our calls, monthly calls and just, just talking to them about, you know, their fears or things that we can do together. And, Just joking even about like flip turning in the pool. I'm like, I don't know how to flip turn. Like, you know, I'm trying to learn it. So it's, it's nice to have them just to bounce, not even bounce ideas off, but just to be able to banter about it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so um, rewarding because it is, it can be a lonely thing, especially when you're going into something like this and you know that there's, there's like the pros out there that are like been doing this a long time and we are rookies, we are new at this and we want to support each other. Cause we want to go in. We all are us three are going in like with our full heart and we want to give it our all. I don't, I don't want to just half-ass this, you know, like I want to, I know that they feel the same way. We want to make sure that we do it together and have fun along the way also. And that's, what's so exciting about it.
2: Oh that's awesome. I know I think that'll be really helpful just to have each other for support along the way this the season and beyond. Um in your real life Jessica, I think you're the owner of a spin studio, Elevate Spin, and that's in Ottawa and you opened Elevate 3 months before the COVID pandemic shut everything down. And I saw on one of your Instagram posts that it was 588 days before you were able to open again without capacity limits. And it looks like the business is going strong now. And so I think if there's ever a mark to show that you are an iron woman, that would be it. Um, what did that whole roller coaster, I imagine for lack of a better word, like teach you about yourself, you know, have you been able, has it been far enough removed that you're able to like, look back on it with a breath and to be like, okay, we've come out stronger. Or like, where do you stand with that? Cause I, I would just imagine that to be such a, just a huge, like life, you know,
1: <laughs> period
2: of time where it's a lot to go through.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, COVID was such a crazy time for everybody. And it's crazy. Cause like no one talks about it anymore. And I was so excited to open up my studio. Um, And that's the funny thing about life is it kind of all started with, you know, my sister who passed, I started biking and then I started to dabble in, you know, running and sports and triathlons. And then I'm like, oh, I can, I can bike and teach to people and create a community. Like, this is so freaking cool. And I started a different business, uh, similar to this, but then left it to do my own. And that's what brought me to Ottawa. And I, I just, I, I wanted to build something where a community can come together and just feel supported. So we opened December 2019 and it's a spin class, like a soul cycle. Like we, we ride to the beat of the music. It's totally different than like what we do on like Swift, but it's so much fun. And, and I love people coming in the doors who who yeah, you see their lives changing. And I don't know what it is, but we just support. And that's like the main reason why I named it Elevate. Elevate is about rising above. And I wanted everyone to feel that way. So we opened December 2019 and then COVID hit in March and it was just wild. And, you know, shutting down, we had to just like many other businesses out there, but we had to completely pivot and we had to, you know, capacity limits change to we had 30 something bikes to only 10 bikes and you had to be how many meters apart. And anyways, so on, and went on and on and on. And then it was like, okay, open and then close and open and then close. You're like, Oh my God, my whole brain hurts from like trying to figure this out. But again, it's if you surround yourself with a proper community and the proper people, I honestly believe if we didn't have that, I wouldn't be here today. We have been open now for four years and it's, the best year yet. Like, it's just been so awesome. And I'm very fortunate because having that business and I don't know anyone who's ever started a business or, you know, wanted to do something, you put your whole heart into it. It's busy, it's time consuming and it's, but it's because you love it. And so it's now up to the point where I didn't even think we'd make it a few years ago because of COVID and even starting a new business is terrifying, let alone in COVID. And We are here four years later and it gives me the capacity to train. And that's when during COVID, I actually, because we were shut down, I got my first triathlon bike and then I'm like, okay, let's let's go biking (laughs) because there's nothing else to do. And that's kind of, it's like, again, the part of life that's so not funny, but just everything just brings you to the next step. So COVID, I shut down my business because of it, not shut down, sorry, you know, during that time and got my bike and started biking outside more. And then I did Muskoka 70.3. And I was like, Oh, I was, I was a little faster in that one. Like, so interesting. Like, and then we opened our doors again at Elevate Spin. And then it's given me this like new outlook on just training. And so everything has just been kind of this wave of things that just all build up and bring you to where you are today. And that's why I'm so, I'm just so grateful. (laughs) I just feel grateful.
2: (laughs) And it seems like, you know, that that aspect of community has always played a large role for you, you know, like the the community of people who got you through that first uh, Vancouver to Seattle ride, the community of people from Elevate Spin. And then, you know, even the, the community with LP Endurance, it sounds like, has been kind of a big stepping off point for you to, you know, go for some bigger goals here and see what you can do. And you can just tell, you know, your personality definitely is contagious in wanting others to succeed and wanting to work hard and and succeed yourself.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, again, if it wasn't for a team of people that even started putting the bug in my ear for being a pro, like, I don't know if I would do it, you know, it's, um, you don't, what's the word people say, like imposter syndrome and all this stuff. And I, like, sure, I feel it. I'm like, oh, I'm not that good. Like, I don't know if I can do this, but I want to believe in myself. And the mo- the most important thing I think for for me doing this, especially not having an athletic background, I didn't have to go to business school. I've just kind of figured it out along the way because that's how I live my life. And I'm not really afraid to try something new if I believe in it. And I really do believe I mean, age is just a number. I'm 37. I want to do my very first full Ironman in Penticton, um, which is in my home area. I'm totally terrified. I've never done that. I've never even ran a marathon, but I'm, and to do it as a pro, like there's a little bit more pressure. So, but I'm so excited because it, it just means that I care and I want to do it. Like I, I don't see again, what's the worst that can happen? Like, okay, maybe, maybe I don't do good, but whatever. Like you don't know until you try. And I, that's why I believe that doing going for my pro license was not only rewarding for me, but it's, I want to, I really, really do believe if I can share my story. And that's why I'm so grateful to be on this podcast. I really hope people can believe in themselves too. I really just think we are so stuck in seeing people get something right away when you don't really see that they've worked so hard for it behind the scenes. And we, we just, we're so hard on ourselves nowadays. I think we always have, a lot of people have been, but I think just now more. So with social media and stuff, I really do want people to believe that they can literally do whatever they want. If they put their heart into it.
2: And just a lot of people come to triathlon from the spin studio route these days, right? Because things like elevate spin, soul cycle, Peloton, are all very accessible and great ways to make cycling more accessible to people because you know it's it's not always the most accessible sport. So I guess I have a couple questions. Um first, should someone be looking for a particular attribute or quality in a spin studio or a class that you would say makes it like better for triathlon training or just wherever you're going to walk in the door consistently? <laughs> they're
1: hard. Like, have you ever gone to a class? My sister's
2: a big soul cycler. And so she loves it has like the bike, you know, so when I go visit her, I do a class and I mean, just I have no rhythm. And so (laughs) I struggle, I can do Peloton, like I can, I can do it. But like really with the beat, it's really hard for me. And it's a lot of high cadence stuff, which is also not something I'm good at. And so I, I really struggle. I admit fully that I really struggle because it is like Rhythmic, right?
1: Yeah. Yes. Like you know, I don't. I didn't grow up dancing either. Like I wasn't this big. What I didn't understand what a beat was. Like you know. <laughs> but it's and so doing this and doing this workout, it's so hard. Like it's mm-hmm. so hard. Like so. Yes, I believe anyone who wants to try to is training for a triathlon, doesn't have a bike at home, and wants to go to one of these classes. Like, oh my gosh, like you will get something out of it for sure. Because you're really, you're working something different than tracking numbers or calories or watts, right? Like you're really just going off a of feel and it pushes you. Like it's such a cool, it's a really, it is a fun workout, definitely.
2: And so how would you, you know, obviously it's it's not a one-to-one, right? So if someone's comfortable in a spin studio, they want to still kind of get onto a road bike or a time trial bike, whatever bike before triathlons and kind of, you know, make sure that they could do both would you recommend doing a class as like just a hard aerobic workout and then doing some, like, you know, can you do strength on, in the spin classes? How would you work it in yourself? And then what sessions would you still do on your, your time trial bike?
1: Not necessarily Uh, as you are
2: right now, but you know, for someone getting into the sport.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I think it's a good way to balance. Definitely being on your TT bike is, is going to be more, is going to be beneficial for you to get in that position and be comfortable sitting on that bike for a really long time where being in say a spin studio, like mine or the other ones like Peloton SoulCycle, you, you just get a good feeling of your, I don't even know, like your endurance just really takes off in there because again, you're not really, you're not watching anything. Everything is, is just by feel and it's amazing what you can do by just feeling it. You know, I'm sure you felt it too, where you just surprise yourself by not looking at a watch and you're like, Oh wow. Like that was incredible. Like we're so, we can get so caught up in numbers and, and how fast we're going, but sometimes the best is just listening to some music. So I think if people went in, they do maybe one or two classes a week and, and then they would just ride on their time trial bike outside or indoors, depending on where you live twice a week too. So it just depends on, on their training schedule. I'm sure everyone's a little bit different, but that's probably what I would do. I
2: love it. And I read that you're also an avid hiker, which I love. Um, you've hiked a lot of peaks and trails. You've been to Ever Space Camp, uh, Machu Picchu, Kilimanjaro, West Coast Trail. And a few weeks ago, like two and a half months ago, you posted that you've been dreaming up some more adventures. So you know, going into rookie pro year, you're also kind of dreaming up adventures. Do you have a plan of balancing kind of that side of yourself within being a pro triathlete?
1: Oh, I love hiking. I wish I could have it all, you know, like, and I, I know you can't, like you can, but you have to balance it. So there's right now the it's priorities is, you know, I made a decision. I'm going to be a pro. I need to go all in. So there's like a bit of a, there's obviously a priority there for this year, especially. Um, I just, I've, I, you know, hiking in, in countries like where, where I've been, and I went to Kilimanjaro, like you said, in Everest, it's just such a different, rewarding feeling. And that's what I love about, again, life, like it gives you these opportunities to see a whole different culture and a different appreciation of life. And it's almost like you slow it down versus all the things that we're doing. And in triathlon, they're pretty fast and intense where this is a way of just, you're walking and you just walk and you walk forward and you just climb. And it's, it's a different way where you can just, again, it's being your thoughts and learn a little bit about yourself. So yeah, I would love to, I wish I could just pack up right now and go for a week and do the Camino to San Diego trail, which is what I really want to do. But I, I I know I shouldn't right now, but I definitely. I'm thinking if I can, maybe after um, maybe sometime in the fall, if I don't have any races, I would love that. It's like something that I've always wanted to do. It's just uh uh I feel like a, a type of trail pilgrimage walk that should be something that's rewarding in a different way. And anyways so yes, I I know that I want to give my all to pro right now, but definitely I wish I could go hike all these things right now also.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like hiking definitely has its place in the off season, at least for now for you. So you can keep dreaming that up. Um, I also read that you have an obsession with the British royal family. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, Is there like a favorite...
1: But did you hear Prince, um, Prince King Charles got diagnosed with cancer today? I did see that.
2: (laughs) So do you, for someone who's very interested in the royal family, do you get your royal news the same way we do? Like it just comes on an alert to your phone one day, Twitter, you know, all that stuff. Or do you, is there like a secret British royal family news thing (laughs) you follow? How do you go about it?
1: no. I think people just text me like I just finished swimming and like somebody I got my phone and as soon as I got out of swimming it's like did you hear about the king I was like I don't know where this obsession came from I as a little girl I think I watched when Princess Diana died and it was just devastating to me and ever since then I've just been like obsessed like I remember going to London for five days and I just went there to see Coldplay because I don't I have a thing for English people. I don't have no idea why. And, um, and I went to Buckingham palace, just walk there every day and sat there and had the lunch and a coffee. And I, it was just to be there. It's so weird. <laughs> don't, aren't we weird? We're all weird. <laughs> I know. I mean, everyone
2: has their thing, but I love that. I think you definitely need to be finding some races over in Europe. So you can like integrate 100%. some um, Royal family, like snooping or something along the way. <laughs> Um, you are also a dog lover and we are all dog lovers at iron women. So can you tell us a little bit about your dog Atlas? So I think wanted to say hello earlier, but now, <laughs> now we can talk about Atlas. So does Atlas train with you? What kind of dog is Atlas?
1: Oh, Atlas. He is a nine-year-old mini Australian shepherd and he is my little baby, um, I don't have kids, so he's literally my baby and, um, he is, uh, just sleeping right underneath, underneath me now. He, and, uh, he actually just tore his little, like it's a called a CCL, but little ACL, um, oh, no. little, little guy. So I have to take care of him right now, but no, he, he doesn't like to run. I've tried to run with him. <laughs> but he just kind of gives me a little bit of attitude and he just sits down. I'm like, okay. And so he just wants to <laughs> play with the ball and that's it. <laughs>
2: I, I really think I have one of each dogs. One's like an inside dog I call her. And then we have an outdoor dog. And I think the inside dog is actually the best for a pro triathlete because you can do your training. You come home and you have a buddy at home. Whereas otherwise they have to be able to do your training with you to tie themselves out. Otherwise it's like a deadly combo because then you have two people's training to be worrying about yourself and the dog. And
1: I try, like I I, I say to him, I'm like, let's go for a little 20 minute, like after my, like an easy like brick run or something yeah let's go and he'll be like no I'm like okay <laughs> We're
2: him and, yeah him and my Ramona would be fast friends I think um okay we've talked a little bit about this but let's remind our listeners so you are opening your season at Chattanooga 70.3 it sounds like you are planning to be in Penticton as an Ironman debut which is very exciting do you have anything else planned for in between
1: um, so a few of us, uh, we mentioned Jess and Allison. um, we're going to be doing trombla as well. Um, we know the course, it's only a few hours from where I live. It's beautiful. Um, so I think that's the plan so far. I haven't completely booked it. And, and just cause I want to see if there's any other options, like I was thinking of maybe traveling up to Europe, maybe doing something up there. Uh, but yes, yeah, so right now Trombla, but Chattanooga, which I'm excited about too. And then the full, which I'm totally terrified for. So if anybody has any tips, please send them my way. <laughs> but I'm excited for it.
2: <laughs> well, at the iron woman podcast, we can't be held responsible for the tips, but hopefully they're <laughs> all good ones that get sent your way. Um, and we will, we will leave your Instagram in our show notes for everyone to follow along. And Jess, thanks so much for taking time today to tell us a little bit about your story and we'll be cheering for you this season. Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right, Alyssa. I'm like starting to swim more again, and I feel like you were swimming a lot last year with oh, with one water. And how did you keep your hair from getting getting so destroyed? I was swimming
2: so much last year, and I used TryHard Kelly, and I still swear by it. They have extensively researched this problem and created a superior vegan, dermatologically tested proprietary blend. TryHard has shampoo, conditioner, body wash, and more stuff. Everything you're gonna need for your pre and post swim necessities. I've also seen that top pros like Chelsea Sodaro and Lucy Charles Barkley also praise the effectiveness of try hard. I think it's like it's definitely changed how good I feel just coming out of chlorine.
1: And we have a code right now, too, for anyone who wants to try, you know, <laughs> try try hard and stop suffering from dry, itchy skin, having their hair get all, you know, green, which happens to me because mine's like super blonde and get all beat up. You can try any of the TryHard products with the code 20Feisty, that's two zero feisty for 20% off store-wide at tryhard.co. So that's 20Feisty for 20% off at tryhard.co.
2: Thanks so so much to Jess for coming on and we look forward to seeing how her racing unfolds this season and little reminder to our listeners next week is race week for Haley. So Haley, good luck heading to Miami. Uh, Can't wait to see how it unfolds. I will be doing a little bit of a preview for the T100 PTO world tour opener in Miami with the women of if we were riding, we believe that will be coming out into this feed on Friday. So keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, we will get all the nitty gritty details from Haley, uh,
0: first person account the following week, I think. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. If nothing else. I'm getting content for the podcast. Uh, you know, I'll think about that when I'm suffering in the heat in Miami. But thank you for the cheers. Thanks for holding down the fort while I'm gone. And hopefully I have a lot of stories when I get back. I'll talk to you in a couple weeks, Alyssa. Bye, Haley. <laughs> You've been listening to the Iron Women podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadesky. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ellen Atitian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.